Welcome to Stories from the Heart. I'm your host, Sandra McDavid. We have experienced many devastating hurricanes of late, but nothing compared to the storm of 1900, which killed 6,000 people in Galveston, Texas. Today, the story of 10 nuns and their heroic sacrifice, plus the hymn, Queen of the Waves. Stay tuned for a very moving Stories from the Heart. The Storm of 1900 Wherever they are in the world on September 8th, the members of the Congregation of the Sisters of Charity of the Incarnate Word sing an old French hymn, Queen of the Waves. Whether in their ministry in Kenya, East Africa, or one of the hospitals of the Sisters of Charity Healthcare, which they sponsor, the Sisters of Charity sing the same hymn that has been sung on that date ever since the year 1900. The first couple of verses go like this. Queen of the waves, look forth across the ocean, from north to south, from east to stormy west. See how the waters with tumultuous motion rise up and foam without peace or rest. But fear we not, the storm clouds round us gather. Thou art our mother, Thus goes the first part of the hymn, Queen of the Waves. The song provides the sisters, and all those who co-minister with them, an opportunity to pause and remember all who lost their lives in a devastating hurricane almost a century ago. Striking Galveston on September 8, 1900, the great storm is considered the worst natural disaster in the nation's history. More than six thousand men, women, and children lost their lives. Among the dead were ten sisters and ninety children from the St. Mary's Orphans Asylum operated by the Sisters of Charity. The sisters also operated St. Mary's Infirmary in Galveston. It was the first Catholic hospital in the state, established in 1867. The Catholics were called Galveston by Catholic Bishop Claude Dubois from France in 1866 to care for the many sick and infirm in what was the major port of entry for Texas. They were also in charge with caring for orphan children, most of whom had lost parents during the yellow fever epidemic. At first, the Sisters of Charity opened an orphanage within the hospital, but a devastating yellow fever epidemic killed many parents and left many children orphans. Later, they moved it three miles to the west on beachfront property. The location seemed ideal, as it was far from town and the threat of yellow fever. And then one weekend in September 1900, the same proximity to the sea that had made the community grow and prosper as a port city was to change Galveston Island forever. On September 8th, Galveston became the victim of a powerful hurricane of such destructive force that whole blocks of homes were completely swept away and one-sixth of the population was killed. Beginning early in the morning of Saturday, September 8th, the winds began coming in strongly from the north. Despite the opposing winds, the tides of the southern Gulf waters also rose, sending large crashing waves upon the beachfront. 
Sister Elizabeth Ryan, one of the ten sisters at St. Mary's Orphanage, had come to town that morning to collect food. Despite pleas from Mother Gabriel for her to stay at the hospital until the storm passed, Sister Elizabeth said she had to return to the orphanage. Sister Elizabeth said that she had the provisions in the wagon, and if she did not return, the children would have no supper. She didn't know that whether she returned or not, there would be no more suppers at the orphanage. Walking in waters already up to her ankles, Sister Elizabeth boarded the wagon with her provisions. During the afternoon, the winds and rain continued to increase. The tides of the gulf rose higher and higher, with fierce waves crashing on the beach, sending floodwaters into the residential areas. St. Mary's Orphanage consisted of two large two-story dormitories just off the beach, behind a row of sand dunes that were supported by salt cedar trees. According to one of the boys at the orphanage, the rising tides began eroding the sand dunes as though they were made of flour. Soon the waters of the gulf reached the dormitories. The sisters at the orphanage brought all of the children into the girls' dormitory because it was the newer and stronger of the two. In the first floor chapel, they tried to calm the children by having them sing Queen of the Waves, brought from France by the original sisters. It was sung during storms by fishermen in France seeking aid from our Blessed Mother. The water continued to rise. Taking the children to the second story of the dormitory, the sisters had Henry Escayor, a worker, collect clothesline rope. Again, they had the boys and girls sing Queen of the Waves. One of the boys later said that the children were very frightened and the sisters very brave. By 6 p.m., the wind was gusting past 100 miles per hour and the waters of the gulf and bay had met, completely flooding the city. Around 7.30, the main tidal surge struck the south shore. At St. Mary's Infirmary, the flood waters filled the first floor. From the second-story balcony, the sisters pulled refugees in as they floated by and brought them into the overcrowded hospital. Almost every window in the facility was broken, sending the wind and rain whipping through the building. At the orphanage, the children and sisters heard the crash of the boys' dormitory as it collapsed and was carried away by the floodwaters. The sisters cut the clothesline rope into sections and used it to tie the children to the cinctures which they wore around their waists. Each sister tied herself to between six and eight children. It was a valiant yet sacrificial effort to save the children. Some of the older children climbed onto the roof of the orphanage. Again the children sang Queen of the Waves. Eventually the dormitory building that had been the sanctuary for the children and sisters was lifted from its foundation. The bottom fell out and the roof came crashing down, trapping those inside. Only three boys from the orphanage survived, William Murney, Frank Madeira, and Albert Campbell. Miraculously, all three ended up together in a tree in the water. After floating for more than a day, they made their way to an army base between the orphanage and the town. The force of the wind and water had stripped away most of their clothes, so the soldiers cut down uniforms to fit the boys. They eventually were able to make their way into town 
where they told the sisters what had happened at the orphanage. One of the boys remembered his sister tightly holding two small children in her arms, promising not to let go. The sisters were buried wherever they were found, with the children still attached to them. Two of the sisters were found together across the bay on the mainland. One of them was tightly holding two small children in her arms. Even in death, she had kept her promise not to let go. The death and destruction in Galveston was unbelievable. More than 6,000 were dead, and their bodies were littered throughout the city. It would be months before some would be uncovered. A complete list of the dead was never made. It is estimated that the winds reached 150 or maybe even 200 miles an hour. The tidal surge has been estimated at from 15 to 20 feet. Whole blocks of homes had been completely destroyed, leaving little more than a brick or two. A great wall of debris wrapped itself around St. Mary's Infirmary on the east end of the city and then zigzagged throughout the city to the beach. At St. Mary's Infirmary, there was no food or water. While the main hospital building was still standing, the adjacent structures had been destroyed. The hospital was packed with those who were injured and those who had nowhere else to go. Two of the sisters walked about the area until they found crackers and cookies that had been soaked in the water. They brought them back to the hospital and over a fire they built in the street, they dried the food and served it to those in need at the infirmary. On September 8, 1994, a historical marker was placed at 69th Street and Seawall Boulevard, marking the site of the former orphanage. As part of the ceremony, Queen of the Waves was again sung at the same time and place as it was during the Great Storm of 1900. And as it continues to be each September 8th by the Sisters of Charity of the Incarnate Word, in a moment, the hymn, Queen of the Waves. Oh, 
thank you for joining us in Stories from the Heart. Today's true story was written by Sister Linda McDonald of the Sisters of Charity of the Incarnate Word and can be found on the Internet by typing 1900 Storm. The song, Queen of the Waves, was produced by the sisters. For a copy of this or any of our stories, email sandra at avemariaradio.net. I'm Sandra McDevitt. May God bless the rest of your day. This the show? Not sure if it came from Ave Maria Radio? Go to AveMariaRadio.net. A list of shows and hosts are there. And if you find the show you're looking for, you can hear the whole thing again by going through the Ave Maria Radio audio archives. For years, we've recorded nearly every show from Ave Maria Radio. Just click on the audio archives message located at the center of our homepage. Now you even have more reasons to become a radioactive Catholic by going to AveMariaRadio.net.